Hey everybody, this is Brendan Gersall and you are listening to the Speaking Of Podcast. Today, my wife Melanie and I sit down with two people who just exude the love and peace and grace of Jesus, Mike and Colleen McNeil. We talk to them about marriage as we continue our conversations about making better marriages. And this conversation was just incredible. I know you're going to love it. You're going to feel like the Lord himself spoke to you. So here it is. I hope you enjoy this as much as Melanie and I did. This is our conversation with Mike and Colleen McNeil. I'm excited to have today some real, real just heroes, honestly, of mine. I don't even, I don't say that just because it's a nice thing to say. Legitimately, I've looked up to and admired this couple for a long time, even going back to my days uh, in youth, actually, before <laughs> before Kingswood and call to ministry. I mean, Mike, you were a part of my my the formation of my faith growing up. And, you know, I think of times in actually Kings Valley, uh, what was the the big picture rally? I th- oh, feel like you yeah. spoke at that one time, and like anyway, I just I, when I when I close my eyes and I think about the spiritual mountaintops of my of my youth, I see present reality and Mike McNeil and Dan Lamus, <laughs> and those are very fond memories. I have fond memories of those. Days. Yeah, those were, those were great days. It was a special yeah. time. It, it really was. was. God yeah. was doing something special yeah. and marked a lot of people, and I think I was one of those kids. And I'm grateful for that. So I'm grateful to have you guys here. Hey, our pleasure. And we want to get, first and foremost, we, we were just saying before we even went live here, we, we don't know your story, really. I mean, I've heard your testimony a little bit, Mike, but not, not of how you guys came together, your marriage, your journey. Give us the, the ABCs of Mike and Colleen <laughs> McNeil. Help us. Let's hear it. Let's hear the, the marriage story, how it came together. Well, I was, uh, we met at a at a like high school bus stop and oh, so really? yeah so we're, we're like so no first for her I, I was in grade 12 she was in okay. grade 10 so so I was like I was trying to I was trying to get to some grade 10 before they realized that wasn't cool right so like, <laughs> I was like trying to convince them yep. on that first day that, yeah. yeah so no but we uh I I chased her for about I chased her for about a year and yeah. and she did the I just want to be friends thing. Which, oh, so, yeah. oh. So she, she was a good out. friend. Yeah. She figured oh. out. She didn't get there early enough. And then I just gave up. And you I got started, a girlfriend. I, I gave up and started dating somebody else. If I had have known that that was what was going to work, I would have done that much sooner. But I I started dating somebody else, and then she was like, oh, maybe I missed that attention. And so we you know we started. <laughs> I mean, maybe I did yeah. like. You. Okay. <laughs> so maybe it was more than friends. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, so we've been together forever. Like we're going on, it's like 40 years this year. Wow. Married 40 years. For, married 40 45. Years, like, yeah. Together. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so we've been, we've, uh, we've gone through all the, I mean, we've basically, she was 15 and I was 17. Yeah. So we've, Non-Christian. we've gone through like okay. all of these phases, you know. So you guys weren't believers when you no. met. No, no. So, and then you found you found each other. And then when did you get married? When did you find Christ? And how did that all kind of flesh itself out? Well, we got married in 1981, and I found Christ in 1982. Okay. okay. I you was first. not the woman he married. Okay. <laughs> Me first. You switched the vows on him. Oh, yeah. 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 I was just a good, like, I was just a party boy. I was just like a good time Charlie. Just like so going through life, just having fun. But it was getting... The party lifestyle was getting kind of empty for for both of us, and then she, uh, it was actually uh, Charlene McKenzie. Yeah, it was Charlene McKenzie. Wow, uh, like invite kept inviting her to church, and uh, and then I, I was off in Fredericton in my master's program, like, and I would come home on the weekends because she had a good job here in St. John, and so. So I, I came home one weekend, and she was basically like a different person. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, wow. It was then we, powerful. Then we proceeded to you have had a radical really, conversion. Radical yeah. conversion. I was a heavy drinker. I never took another drink. Wow. My mouth was filthy. I don't, I, don't think I, I don't think I cursed and swore any longer. But I had smoked since I was eight. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. Since you were eight. eight. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, sir. And I found that the most difficult habit. I bet. Yeah, but mm. when I knelt at the altar and Jack and Charlene led me to Christ, it was powerful. Like, it was, an, it was such a moving experience. I felt the love of God so tangible 
all over me. I knew I would never be the same. Wow. And then I came home and tried to tell him what happened, and I couldn't articulate it. I just said, you got to get saved. Yeah. And he was like, ah, saved? We're all saved. We live in Canada. And I was like, no, no, he's saved. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> My attitude was like, you can be as religious as you want as long as it doesn't affect your lifestyle. And then, right, right, right. Like, you know, yeah, like, or your yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter. It's like, I'm a Christian, you're, we're all Christians. Yeah, it's great. Know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Wow. And he said to me, and this was two weeks after, he said, so you're trying to tell me you love this Jesus more than you love me? And, and at this Ooh. point, it was six years in. We are six years in, one year married. And I looked him straight in the face and I said, I absolutely do. And you better climb on board because I'm not giving up on this. Wow. And he was like, whoa. So how did, yeah, like, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, Adam's and then he basically, basically our marriage at that point Ooh. was like we were heading in. I mean, she was going off to church every chance she got. And I was, I was like drinking more, going off to clubs and all of that kind of stuff. And then, uh. And it was a like it was a Friday it was a Friday night, and uh, I was going to go out with my friends, and she was going to a church service at Kings, what was, at Kings Valley. Wow! You know, when they met Jimmy in the gymnasium. Okay, gymna- yeah. And so wow. she was like, "I'm going out to see this evangelist guy," and I was like, "Yeah, whatever." So I was I was flicking around on on like the flicking around on TV, and I came across the local cable channel. And they were interviewing this pastor on there, like on a local cable. And, I, and I, she was in another room, and so I yelled out to her, like, hey, this pastor's really funny. If you're going to see a guy like him, I would go with you. And she poked her head in the door and said, that's the guy that I'm going oh, to see. Oh, wow. And so I found myself, like, against my will on a Friday night. I was walking into a gymnasium, yeah. uh, oh, like, full of... It, like my only venture into an evangelical church, like I'd never been, like my concept of church was really like just kind of dead, like high church kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, and I, you know, it was a stereotypical Billy Graham story. Like I walked in there with a bad attitude, just like not going to, not going to listen or do anything. And, uh, and then he started preaching the whole room faded away. Oh, it was like he was talking right to me. Wow. And at the end, at the end, he was like, you know, if this has meant anything to you, stand up and come down front here and pray. And I'd never been in a church that did anything like that. Right. So, so in my head, I'm thinking, nobody's going to do that. Who's going to stand up and make a yeah. fool of themselves? Yeah. And I'm standing up as I'm While thinking, you're thinking yes. that. While I'm thinking yes. that, I'm standing up and I'm walking forward and I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Yeah. Wow. And and I kneel down, and yeah. it's kind of like, I pray, God, if you're real. And then it was like, oh just like goodness. this presence, it right? huge. I can and, and I couldn't, I know I have goosebumps. like, I had been very vocally, like, anti-God, uh, very vocal, like, against it. And I literally, I could not speak. Like, I literally lost my voice. You're not a super emotional guy. No. No. And so, I, like, I, I literally, you know, all these people were coming up to me, and I was just like, I couldn't say anything. <laughs> he couldn't speak. And... He couldn't speak. And I was so excited because I felt like one of the old gray-haired ladies in the church that has waited for years, and it's right. been six months. Right. And I'm like, I told you. I told you. What, like, what are you feeling? And he's like, mm-hmm. I can't talk. Wow. He couldn't talk. Wow. He literally couldn't talk. A couple questions yeah. before we, because this is, this is just helpful and Two things I want to say. I want to talk about with you guys. If, like, if we get to the other stuff, great. <laughs> right. Um, there's t- there's a question of what did what did that shift in in Christ entering both of you due to your marriage? I want to hear about that, and I want Colleen to speak to. I think we have, you know, I know there are people listening who one's mm-hmm. a believer and one's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> what advice yeah. would you give <laughs> just, to a spouse that is? You know that feeling yeah, of that. like, oh, if you could just get it. Mm-hmm. I, the Lord, first of all, the Lord was so incredibly real to both of us. We, we felt him in such a tangible, real way that he totally revamped our lives, like totally changed our lives. We were ready to sell everything and go to Africa within weeks, within weeks. 
and 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 there was a pastoral shift in our church. Pastor Mel had just taken over Mel Norton, mm -hmm. and he was trying to be polite and tell us, you know, kids, this is awesome. I can't believe you're doing so well, but you kind of need training to go on the mission field because yeah. we were going to mm -hmm. go on the mission field, and 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 God just. Um, he never changed our personalities because we're both fiery people. Yeah. We're pretty fiery people. And, and um, uh, we had a lot of submitting to, to the Lord to do. But the thing that I've seen over the years, too, has been as, as we've invited God in, he's helped us to learn to submit, first of all, to him and then to each other and um uh, because I came from such dysfunction, I'll, heaped in dysfunction, <laughs> that the Lord has been able to teach me and change me and teach him and change him. And, and if I could say one thing to people who are waiting for their spouse that are married, I mean, that for me, it was only six months, seven months. It felt like an eternity, but I had the wisest of women. And Charlene McKenzie just kept she kept saying, you need to pray, Colleen. Mm -hmm. You need to be exactly who God wants you to be, but you need to pray. Don't preach at him, but pray. And when you're convicted of something, you hold to your convictions, but you need to pray for him. So every single Sunday night was testimony night at mm -hmm. church. And I stood up every single Sunday night and asked for prayer for my smoking, because I still yeah. smoke, and I desperately wanted to change. And please pray for my husband. I just want him to know Jesus so badly. And one night I sat down with him and I said, you know, it's only a matter of time before you get saved. And he said, <laughs> oh, really? And I said, it's a challenge. <laughs> I, said, I have multiple churches praying for you. And he was so disgusted and mad at me. Oh, I was like, how dare you? Yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> People I don't know are praying for me. That's dis <laughs> this is what I said. That's disgusting. Like, I don't want those people knowing about my life. Yeah, that I was, imagine yeah, that, that was where I was at. Yeah. But you know, it is it is the power of prayer. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and I serve a God of miracles, and I've always believed that from the instant He entered my life. And I just think, God, there's nothing that's too difficult for you. Mm. And he's proved that over and over and over again. And no matter, you know, what we've walked through, we've both, God's just done an incredible thing because really if anybody's marriage shouldn't have made it, it probably should have been ours. But Yeah, we would have scored high on all those, you know, yeah. kind of things that yeah. could break up a marriage. Yeah, do you, do you think you would have made it without like that, no. that con like Christ kind of taking over your lives? I don't think so. He probably would because he, he tells me he adores me all the time. But I'm thinking, <laughs> I, was like, I probably her job, would have. Oh, her job know. has always been way harder than my job, I think. You know, so, uh. <laughs> did that, did, did you guys notice, like, um, I mean, again, just because you're a Christian marriage doesn't mean, and we're going to talk about conflict, doesn't mean that all the, the issues go away. But did you notice a shift in just, like, the atmosphere of your marriage when you both, after you got saved, Mike? Did that change your racial, relational dynamic at all? Yeah, and, and I mean, gradually over, like, looking at it over time, um, like, we, we kind of had the, we kind of had, the, like, the John and Yoko thing going on. Like, I yeah. was, I was, like, the artsy guy <laughs> who was doing that. his master's in creative writing, and she had a good job, so she, she was working, and, and then, and, like, God eventually kind of brought us around to, to uh, and she just always wanted to work and wasn't sure she wanted to have kids and any of that stuff, and God brought it around to uh, like a switch where we're on where we're like the most traditional traditional <laughs> roles. And you know, she was yeah. a stay-at-home mom, yeah. I was the breadwinner, mm -hmm. but all but we didn't start like I was like woke way before you were <laughs> before woke was woke. Like yeah. I was like I was all in and all that stuff. Like growing up, I was I was raised kind of left-wing and radical, right. so. So the, the shift is in a different direction yeah. for, for most people. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, they today, I'd love to t kind of take that forward into our discussion about really about conflict and how to how to navigate, you know, especially in our relationships, <laughs> the the sparks that often fly and not the romantic ones. The, <laughs> the, the well, they are connected, though, right? I, the, like, I think you're, you're right. Yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're right. The, the sparks run in both directions. <laughs> they yeah. do. Well, you're, and that's, that's actually worth reminding ourselves yeah. once in a while is the reason that I get so worked up 
by you is because they get so worked <laughs> right, up by you. Right. And, you know, the people, people that are the closest to us can That's drive us the craziest mm -hmm. and drive us the craziest. Right? <laughs> so... It's all, yeah, anyway, that's a, that's a good point. But you guys seem to work really well together. Have, have they described, so this is what I don't, they described in the book um, a time where Marsha actually technically worked for Kevin. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and didn't go super well. And I mm -hmm. don't think that would work super good for us either. Not if you were my boss, <laughs> it wouldn't work no, well. Not so much. <laughs> no. No, but uh, do you guys work well together? Like like as far as in, in a form formal environment? I think we've... I think we've like worked out what our roles are, and you know, and over a long period of time, you kind of know, you you just learn right. how to work together. We both have fairly like strong personalities, and so there's a potential for conflict. And I I grew up in a house where where like the main form of communication was fighting. Like where it was like not. I just mean like everything was out on the table, right. and you just like said whatever you thought. Yeah. And you could be really brutal with one another, and all guys. And, and then it would just be like five minutes later, it was gone, right? Yeah. And she grew up in a house where everybody had to be really careful with each other, and okay. you know. And so we had to learn how to navigate, you know, because I would just like I was blurting everything out, right? And uh, hurting her feelings without even realizing I was, you know. <laughs> and uh, and and then and then she would expect me to read her mind. Yes. Right, you know, and I was just used to everything being like, just put it all on the table, and if you don't tell so, me how am I supposed to? Do yeah, you're right, yeah. right, and so. Yeah. But I, you know, we. Um, so in the early years, there was probably like more of that. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. And I was kind of a feminist, and very unsubmissive. So you guys were super woke, no question. Oh yeah, like we, we were. <laughs> yeah, we've had to work through, and we've never had counseling, other than the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. We've had each other, and a few boxing matches <laughs> uh, and it's uh and we and when we fight we really we can really do well like we throw water at each other and we still do wow. we chase each other and uh, it's only been two well, weeks since two we had a good one we so. got the right right couple in here today for this conversation so would you recommend that for couples in conflict <laughs> everybody's everybody's relationship is different i think and you have yes. to kind of work out mm -hmm. like what yeah uh but yeah, I, I was like, there's two, there's basically two things. It's like, I always tell Colleen, like, I just want you to know up front, I consider everything you do flirting. And so I'm just like, you actually get more, like, you actually get cuter when you get angry. So it's like totally, just, it disarms me and I can't, like, I can't fight with you very long because it's like, it just doesn't work for me. So. And that is exactly <laughs> what he says. And then, of course, how... That makes so you <laughs> How do you be serious, right? It's like, he's like, you're way, t you're way too cute. I'm like, oh. Now, is that your way of sneakily ending the argument? <laughs> no, I, I, I genuinely mean it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that must diffuse it then. If he says oh. something like that when oh. you're mad, do you stop being angry? I, I do. Well. I do because he really does mean it. And, you know, the, the awesome thing about the Lord, I came from a family that my parents really never got their marriage straightened out and ended up both of them becoming Christian and still didn't get things settled well. Mm -hmm. They always lived under the same roof, but they really just put up with one another. And there was a lot of trust issues. And so I came into marriage, he probably didn't realize it, but I came in with a lot of trust issues. And the Lord knew when I came to him that I needed somebody to tell me how much he loved me that he adored me and I've never seen this man look at another woman ever and I used to watch for it because you know yeah. I was like so untrusting yeah. Yeah. you know I was sure that everybody was like what all they you know my mother told me all men are like this and yeah. so I grew up with thinking all men are like this yeah. but man I'll tell you what I got myself a special one yeah. and God just has given us the most incredible life. It's not an easy life. It's yeah. absolutely not an easy life. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, I just find that when we both submit to the Lord, if we can keep him first and, and keep our priorities with God, then it seems like everything he says and does and everything I say and do, it just 
there's there's you know not really an issue now we have you know differences of opinions because we're very opinionated people and sometimes i'm like you are so opinionated oh <laughs> only you <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and, I, and I'll say you're, you're such a strong personality and he'll say you are too and I, I, I don't believe I was before I think when the Lord matched me with him I like I had to step it up and become a strong personality in order to have a voice with him but it's been it's been a it's been great it's been a yeah, and Jerry, like when we were in those like early child rearing years yeah. of going through, you know, because we're kind of at the other end of that now. But there were uh, there were some times where you just have to decide, like we're gonna we're, like no matter what, we're a united front. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like we we decide as a couple, uh, whatever's coming at us, uh, no matter no matter what in private, no matter what discussions we have. Yeah, like we're we're a united front. We yeah. always face things together. What are some of those values like? I think of you guys, you, you know, you can't tell a book by its cover and people wouldn't know. You guys have gone, you guys have dealt with stuff. You guys have gone through challenges, going through challenges even. You've got kids that live all over the world, which is, which is, can be heavy as parents and grandparents. You know, what are, what are the values, I guess, like, yes, obviously Christ and your faith, but what are kind of some of those things that like, we've just always kind of held the line on this and it's proven to be solid for us it's kept us you know alive healthy loving each other well-adjusted kids what's been some of the secrets for you guys as a, as a married couple in all that yeah I, I, one of the problems i guess is like every cliche that we could say as christians is actually true yeah like we feel like <laughs> it is and when you say them like I wish I had a better people go what Jesus. like yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's because they're simple but not they're not easy but yes. they're, but they're they really are it's good they really are simple and we just uh like we we made up our mind like really early on like we were going to be a ministry family yeah. like our whole family like mm -hmm. we're all committed we're going to raise our kids committed to serving God mm -hmm. and uh and we're going to and so when I was in those really crazy uh you know we we talked about the the youth ministry years uh there were there were there was a period there where I was just like so incredibly busy and in that I realized like I had a I I just gave Colleen like you have veto power okay. if I'm too busy wow if I need to cancel something like if I'm away from the house too much and the mm -hmm. kids like you, you, I give you permission to step in at any point yeah. and just, and just like say, no, uh, wow. you know, you need it. and so, and she hardly ever used it because mm -hmm. we both had the same values right. mm -hmm. for ministry, but, it, but we were just like, we were always on the same page about it. It wasn't I, like I a felt valued that he would allow me to, yeah. do that. Right. you know, and, 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 uh, we traveled seven weeks on the road every summer with all four kids. <sighs> <laughs> for years and a lot of potential for conflict yeah. Yeah. no doubt <laughs> and and we didn't have enough money to stay in hotels so we had to find homes to you know former students we yeah. would stay with mm -hmm. which we had incredible times but i mean who wants six people moving in with them yeah. for a few days all along you know our travels mm -hmm. uh, but it was the best life ever and my children grew up having fantastic summers we would come back mm -hmm. And uh, they would go to school, and the teacher would say, "So write about your write about your summer." And my kids would write, "Was in Harlem leading children, you know, other children to Christ." And oh and God. I on parent teacher day, one of the teachers said to me, "I think you know your daughter has a little bit of a big imagination." And I was like, well, "Why?" And she said, "Well, she wrote this paper about being in Harlem." <laughs> kids to Jesus and I was like oh yeah yeah that's what we do for the summer and she's like oh so my children wow. had very you know we we always believed and the thing that with his wisdom he always said our children are going to fit into our lives mm -hmm. we're not fitting into their lives yeah. we're not running hither and nither taking kids everywhere mm -hmm. we are going to they will fit into our lives yeah. and so when our children grew up and, and went to school and married and, and have gone off, um, we still have a marriage yeah. right. because yes. nothing's really changed for us. You know, yes, our mm -hmm. children 
are now married kids wow. and everything. And we are now teenagers with money, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the empty yeah. nest really that's is. That's right. Oh, wow. that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> I think that's worth speaking to for a second because I think about, like, I know, you know, I'm friends with Rachel and Chris. They're, they're my mm -hmm. peers, and we, we went through college together and stuff. But, like, all of your kids are serving the Lord, building their own families, and yet you guys... You know, you take the, the typical approach to parenting today, and it's how can I protect my kids from everything? Mm -hmm. And you guys didn't so much do that. And, like, speak to, like, because I think there's a lot of parents, like, you know, even in our stage with kids from 12 to 5 years old, and that's mm -hmm. the fight is, like, do we take them out of public school? Do we, do we shelter them? Like, like, how have you guys thought about bringing up your kids, and what advice would you give to you know, the bubble wrap parents of today that really, that's, that's the, we, we fight that even. Mm -hmm. Like how, yeah. how much do we let our kids experience and how much do we shelter them from mm -hmm. it? And yeah, I just, I, I was, I just preached at a church on the week, like online on the weekend, but uh, there was an illustration that I used. It was from Biosphere 2, uh, which is uh, out in uh, Oracle, Arizona. It was like a, a scientific experiment a big dome where they were trying to control the whole environment. And, uh, and so they, they had these trees, and the trees grew really fast. But before they reached full maturity, they would fall over, and they couldn't figure out why. And the reason why, they found out eventually, was there was no wind wow. in Biosphere 2. So there was no resistance. And, and they actually, trees actually have a thing called stress bark. Which, which is like develops, like when, when yeah. the wind comes against the tree, it develops a stress bark on the outside and its roots go deeper. Wow. And without that, the tree, and, I, and I was like, when I read that, I was like, that's what we're doing to our children. Mm -hmm. Like we're, mm -hmm. yeah. we're not giving, we, we have to, obviously you're not just going to throw them in the deep end of the pool, mm -hmm. but you've got to expose them to things that develops that, resi that resilience. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so... Wow. We used to get called out by parents like, right. how could, you, how could yeah. you take your kids like into the middle of New York City and, yeah. you know, and they're around like drug addicts. And, 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 I, was, and I was like, you know what, like everybody's kids are going to be exposed to drugs in some way. Mm -hmm. Like my, my kids are going to see the, the result of like what happens when you do drugs yeah. and your life is totally mm -hmm. destroyed. Right. Mm -hmm. Other people's kids are going to see it glamorized on TV. Yep. And so, yeah. so you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like yep. so you expose them to things, but in a way that supports what the Bible says instead right. of undercutting it. Yeah, and you guys have seen the Lord really bring fruit out of that. I mean, again, like you have well-adjusted kids and mm -hmm. mi ministry kids that, yeah. you know, like yeah. serving in the church. And you have one daughter in Haiti. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so that's that's really encouraging yeah. and challenging yeah. for mm. those of us that are in the midst of it right now. Yeah. And aren't. I mean, it's I mean, it's obviously a balance. Like, yeah, gotta, yeah. You know, you, is. there is a protection yeah. that happens, but you've got to you've got to gradually like release them into the world. Well, and I think I think maybe the encouragement that people could take though from hearing you guys on the other side of it is, I do think there are some 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 winds of culture right now that are pushing against the average mm. kid that I didn't even grow up with. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I think the good news is with the right, like, godly parenting and getting involved and walking through it with them, it can actually produce, a, you know, a more rooted tree, so to speak, yeah. right? Like, there's act, it's not just a disadvantage that my kids have to grow up processing things that I never had to process. Yeah. Um, it can be a real advantage. They, they yeah. could be... Right. And one of our core values is that like serving Jesus is more fun than anything else. <laughs> yeah, it is. and we it and is. so I was like, I'm gonna make like, I'm gonna make like my kids are gonna want to come with me instead of being with their friends. Right, like, my, I'm gonna make yeah. serving Jesus more exciting than what their friends are doing. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that they <laughs> that they want to do that. Yeah. yeah, instead of you know, and, and it so, worked. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, yeah, and, it worked. and they're still that way. Yeah, we we are some of the favorite people that they want to be with, and we have a great time as a family. Yeah, we love our girls. Um, the thing that having grown up in a non-Christian home, um, when I got pregnant I was never going to have children but when I got pregnant as soon as I got saved I, I knew right away I knew that I was supposed to have children mm -hmm. and Charlene McKenzie said you can't say that to him you said you know when you guys got married you weren't going to have kids you can't 
You can't yeah. switch, flip the switch until he gets saved. And as yeah. soon as he got saved, he, he came to the same conclusion. So within, wow. not long after he got saved, I ended up getting pregnant. And um, I remember sitting, being pregnant, and, and just saying, Lord, I so want girls. I wanted girls. And he gave me four girls. Wow. And I said, Lord, I, my one and only prayer is that they'll love you with all their heart and serve you. Because he, oh, Lord, he'd made such a profound change in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was so real. And he delivered me from so many dysfunctional things. And I just wanted so desperately for my children to know the power of God. And he's been so faithful, like wouldn't change that prayer for anything. Now when, Mm. you know, I had to leave a child in Haiti when she was only 23 years old and say goodbye on the plane, knowing that who knows what her life will be like. And she's been there seven years now. Still serving the, you know, loving Haiti. That's her home. Mm -hmm. People say, well, when, you know, when this happens and that happens and she moves back home. And I said, no, you don't understand. She calls that her home. That's her home. That's where her son lives. That's where they live. Mm -hmm. And her husband and they've, you know, built a community for themselves there. And uh, it's, you know, it's more dangerous to be out of the will of God. Yeah. Than to be in the will of God and in Haiti. Yes, you're right. You know, so yeah. I I know that the Lord promises to be faithful in our lives, but he doesn't promise to be to keep us safe. Yep. You know, you're safety right. is not an issue. Character building is. Yep. And however he chooses to build that character in each of my children and myself and my husband, then I have to I have to accept yep. what the Lord wants. So pray for your kids and pray for your spouse yeah. and realize that that following Jesus isn't safe. Mm-hmm. It's good. Oh, it's like so the, good. That's like the C.S. Yeah. Lewis, you know, who and, said anything and, about safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. And honestly, I think, uh, like, everybody's looking for, well, we, we tend to look for an easy, comfortable life, and it mm-hmm. just it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, I, I, think our two cho- I think our two choices are, like... Ron, can you yeah, snip that? Yeah. <laughs> He's just... I think our two choices are, you know, uh, life can be hard because you're serving Jesus mm-hmm. or life can be hard because yeah. you're not serving Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's life hard. is going to be hard. So like you do, yeah. your only choice is like, yeah. at least I want to be in trouble for doing the right thing rather yeah. than the Amen. wrong thing. Right? And trusting that Jesus mm-hmm. can redeem and actually yeah. make the hard into something glorious. Yeah, something meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so. We should talk about conflict. <laughs> <laughs> this Gonna. has been so good. Been so good. Um, but I do think this is important because I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to miss this yeah. last thing uh, in the book. And I know. I know there are. You know. I mean, marriage isn't safe, and it it does bring out conflict and stress. And I think that's actually God's mechanism for growing us as individuals, even and growing us together. And so, you know, they talk about. Choosing how you react to conflict, and, they, and specifically, they said there's basically it's an old John Maxwell analogy of like there's two buckets. You can throw gas on it, or you can throw water on it. There's there's one of two ways to react when you when you butt heads, and we we we've used the gas here and there <laughs> just a few times. <laughs> yeah, I was probably of all the chapters. Most convicted by this song. <laughs> I wonder. Why. I can't imagine that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both a little fiery too. Yeah, yeah. Well, bit. and we want we want to win. Yes, and, and I, we both are always right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a problem. <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know, they basically said there's those two and those two reactions, and then they talked about some of the scriptures that the Bible talks about that are are really challenging. But you know, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Fools give vent to their rage, but the wise... Why are you laughing at that? But the wise bring calm in the end. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. Yep, I do. I let it be. But he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Another man, a man with self-control. Just the patriarch. The Lord Uh, is like a city broken into and left without walls. Well, let's 
let's just an aside for my own curiosity because Mike, you're you're quite a um, you know you've got you've got some really good opinions on just the modern realities and the the water bucket is not something that culture has right now at all like yeah. we live in a time where everyone's going around with flamethrowers mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. you know and how just just how would you speak maybe to the cultural way to deal with offense you know i think a cancellation and escalation and all this stuff and how god calls us to a different way yeah well yeah we we're part of a different kingdom and we have a different spirit right and so right. you you uh, and so, but in, in the middle of, in the middle of all that, uh, especially if you're, especially if you value truth, I think there's, there's so much, there's just such a, a battle for truth right now that it's easy to, it's easy to start just reacting to things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what I, uh, I, I love that, I love that line about Jesus where it says that he only did what he saw the father doing. Mm. And so like his vision of God the Father was always in between him and what, what whatever was happening, and so that's what that I, what I try to do is as to to put a pause on my reaction because mm-hmm. I'm uh, like I I come from a family of reactors like we can uh, yeah. like if you look up like my family name McNeil uh, it's it's like, <laughs> like the oh. the, cr- the Scottish crest is victory or death that's what it literally means. <laughs> And, and when I when I was researching my family, like name the first the first line that comes up on uh, on the internet is like the McNeils fought with everything and everyone in Scotland. That's wow, what, that's <laughs> literally <laughs> what it's. I bet you the guy on Braveheart that was like uh, my island. Uh, that so guy's I, a McNeil. So, but it, so it comes very naturally to me to want to react, and so I've I've had to like train myself to go, like I'm not going to just react to. Even if it's like a right reaction, like mm-hmm. even if something is untrue and I'm, I want to react to it, it's, it's like to, to pause and to, to to try to see Jesus in in between me and that reaction and say what's the yeah. what's like the what's the wise way to say or do this here? Like yeah. what? That, and that's a hard thing to do. Oh, I, so is there a way to correct something that you see as a wrong or something as incorrect? How do you correct that like Jesus would do it? You know, you want to point out that something is wrong, but you want to do it in a loving way that shows Jesus. Like, yeah, so what like is how... the right way to react but yeah. not yes. be reactive? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's, it's like speaking the truth in love, right? Like I recently, I recently interviewed a, a guy in one of my clips, a social justice class. And so we were talking about gender. And uh, we actually had like a gay... Um, like a gay Christian, mm-hmm. we, we zoomed him in and, and had, and, and my goal was to have like, let's have, he and I totally disagree. Like our stance on sexuality would be at the opposite ends of the spectrum, but how can we, how can we have a, a real civil discussion? Right. How can we model disagreeing, but having, having that done in a way that doesn't undermine your faith and so or your witness in some way. Yep. So so I I think revival would break out on earth if the if in the West anyway, if the church yeah. could just figure out how to how to respond like Yeah. Non anxious mm-hmm. just a non anxious mm-hmm. presence, you know, and like so much of my reactivity is is couched in insecurity. I think at the right. end of the day, it's I got to fight. I got to fight for my position. Right. I got to vindicate myself or justify myself. And I find so often, I'm finding that a lot lately, where I'm reacting to things. And if I just pause long enough and think what what's actually inciting that in me, right? It is actually rooted in an insecurity that's supposed to be fastened in to my identity in Christ. And He can, and back to what you said earlier, Colleen, like He. The Lord can diffuse so much of the conflict in our marriages if we will just mm-hmm. sort of take it to Him first before we take it to them. That's right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so much of it is just kind of couched in our own insecurity, and like He can speak to those things and uproot a lot of the issues. Yeah. You know. It's yeah. Not... And it's definitely a process. Like we we have a lot less conflict in our life, like in our marriage now. Uh, but we've been at it a long time, right? And and we've just learned, like I've I've learned what her triggers are, mm-hmm. like, and she's learned what not to say to me, 
or like how to say things in certain well, ways. Is it hard not to? You're just kind of like you, working. You know, just kind of working you know. with one another rather than you know. Um, and also, whenever we're having conflict, I try to look at, okay, we're both really committed to the Lord, mm. and we're both we're both um, equally um, uh, doing doing a lot of different things. Um, together but apart also I do a lot of discipleship mm -hmm. and um, oftentimes the enemy is he's at work mm -hmm. like the conflict is really not what we're really dealing with it's right. the enemy yeah you know the enemy knows yeah, there, is, there is a spiritual you know there's that mm -hmm. spiritual aspect of what's really going on here yeah. oftentimes that's what I find with the two of us is oh there's really something else going on here. Right. The thing behind the thing. Yeah. 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 We, we bought uh, we bought a house one time and moved in, and we were arguing more than, <laughs> and and it just occurred to me one day I was praying and it occurred to me, uh, like the couple we brought bought the house from divorced, they mm -hmm. sold the house because they got, mm -hmm. and there and there was literally I think, a, a spiritual mm -hmm. like it, it couldn't force us to do anything but there was a spiritual atmosphere mm -hmm. left in the house yeah. that that kind of pushed in that direction yep. and when we stopped and we realized that and we just mm -hmm. went around the house and prayed over each room yep. uh mm -hmm. it you know it, it, it changed the atmosphere yeah but did you guys we did that too when we okay. moved in our new home we just we i brought in some of my heavy hitter guys <laughs> yeah. before we even moved yeah. the couch yeah. in, and we mm -hmm. just we just consecrated the place That's and, right you know, I do. I do think you know, as we as we mature in our relationship, we are getting better at. It's not always. It's not definitely not perfect, but we're getting better at recognizing, mm -hmm. like, you know, when. There's oh, wait a minute, else. this mm -hmm. is weird. Why are we at each other mm -hmm. all over stupid stuff? Yeah. Or why? Yeah. Or maybe even seeing. Sometimes I find it helpful to even see if, like, if I'm acting in a controlling manner, or in, like, there's there's things that are dead giveaways that the enemy's actually manipulating something mm -hmm. and it's not actually a legitimate uh conflict there's more there's deception happening mm -hmm. and i think the older the, the better we can I'm, recognize we're, we're getting better, better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is that something that just yeah. keeps developing over time like you, yeah. you're not against you know, flesh yeah. but yeah. you're not my enemy as yeah. long as you know as long as you're growing like to get like we've been We've probably been like six or seven different people together, yeah. you know right? I mean? like, yes. Right. But as long yeah. as, and I think what happens sometimes is, you know, thing, thing, things get in, and then people start growing apart, and you know, we're all going to be, we're all going to be several people as we move through life. Mm -hmm. And the, but the important thing is, you just committed mm -hmm. to moving together yeah. in the, and, through and those stages. A single purpose, and that's the Lord. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If if you have that singular purpose. Yeah. You can have lots of interests that are different or the same. It's not the same. It's mm -hmm. that purpose. And yeah. the Lord is that purpose. And, uh, and vulnerability, like what you were just saying about your identity and insecurity. I find sometimes when we're disagreeing, I don't want to be vulnerable. Like I want to really say yeah. what's going on. But the more that I've, the deeper I've fallen in love with the Lord and the deeper I've fallen in love with Mike, the more I know I can trust and put my heart, you know, I can put my heart in his hand and he's not going to crush it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can be brutally honest mm -hmm. and vulnerable and, uh, and be my, and be my true self. Mm -hmm. That, that fear tries to keeps us, keeps us entrenched, doesn't mm -hmm. it? And guarded. Mm -hmm. Like if we can't trust, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that is why we end up getting offensive or defensive with the off with offense. But yeah. they, and, I've, and I've learned a lot about him. He's a man of few words. The other, this is a funny, funny little thing. I wrote him. I thought I never asked him to come back for lunch <laughs> no. too often. I'm going to write him and see if he'd like to come home for lunch, and I'll make him a smoothie or whatever he wants. And so I said, "Hey, babe, <laughs> you want to come home for lunch? You want a smoothie?" And he was like, "No, and no." <laughs> Well, I was like, oh, I was like no, no, me, no, 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 well. no, how you read it and how I wrote it were two different <laughs> things, because right? yeah, I was like, there's two questions, yeah. I'm really busy, yeah, no and I'll no. give two <laughs> straight answers, I, I, no I, and no, and that's just the difference between a guy and a girl, I think, right yeah, there, you right? see when he came home, <laughs> I'm standing at the head of the stairs, and I'm like, 
No and no, huh? <laughs> well, hey, hey, ever asking you home See, for lunch I'm, and no more smoothies. I've, I've tried to say yes and yes for the past several weeks yeah. about, oh, about different things. So, to make still, up for still learning. Yes, yeah, so always, always, still always learning. learning. You can always, you can always revert back very easily. Absolutely. Well, Mike, you already spoke to the idea of when you know how to kind of how to not make conflict escalate. And they, he, mm-hmm. Kevin talks about. Again, the, the value of just, just pause and the slow to speak, slow to be angry, quick to listen. I think that's, that's a huge key. Um, but then they talk about forgiveness and the ability. Like when, you know, so, a lot of our conflict is you, you did something, you wronged me. Mm-hmm. And like we need, to, we need to work through this. And, you know, the question I would say is, well, first, do you guys, did you ever play the offense game where you kind of hold the, you know, like you did this and keep score. I might have done that to you recently, where you sort of hold, <laughs> the, sort of hold the. You did that to me, and I'm gonna, and you're gonna have to tell me what you did until I let this go. And that was wrong, and I should have done that. <laughs> and we're still learning. <laughs> it's a process. It's it all, is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. But um, yeah, actually, why don't you hear that quote, hon, where he talks about just pouring gasoline on the fire if we're angry? Oh, yeah. If we're angry and pouring gasoline on the fire, it can be really difficult to back down and forgive the other person. And if we're also keeping score, our desire is often to get the other person to feel the weight of what they've done to us. But that's the opposite of how God treats us. He extends grace to us, and he instructs us to forgive others as he forgives us through Christ. Yeah, and that's a that's a great quote. I think mm. for you guys, like, how do you understand forgiveness? Like, what what is forgiveness? What is that like? Because I think that sometimes there's a lot of confusion around what that is. It means you know affirmation, or that you have to agree with me or accept mm-hmm. my position. Like, what is forgiveness as you guys come to understand it? I try to. I thought like I'm I'm a real big believer in like keeping short accounts, mm-hmm. and so I. Uh, like I think, I think things pile up and they escalate, and and then and then like the the more, uh, the more you do that, then then you move into that territory where you're like holding things right. out and and so, so so and Colleen hasn't always like I usually try to force if we have conflict, I I will like not go to bed until like I will force resolution somehow like. Like we have to, like we have to. Don't let the sun. Yeah, go down like don't like you, don't like don't let things build up. And so, um, I think that that kind of short circuits the that process where where you 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 know Colleen mentioned her parents uh, like earlier. You know, and and they were great to us. Like we loved them, but they really obviously they really obviously had let such mountains build up. Uh, that they couldn't get to a place of forgiveness right. on them, you know, and we could, and you could see that looking on, but they couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was kind of like a cautionary tale of like, just don't, don't. Uh, and so my parents tended to have like big knockdown drag out fights, but then it was over. They get it flat. Was, so that was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and it even like, I remember as a kid, like I remember my mom picking up like a glass throwing it at my father like he ducked and it, we lived three stories up it went through the window oh, and like down oh, under oh. the street and broke and like that was but then like half an hour later they were like yeah you want a sandwich you know like, and so <laughs> like, we're good now. we're good now yeah. right yeah did you guys let me ask that question did you guys like went with your own conflict how did you work that out in front of the kids did they see much mm-hmm. much headbutting or is that more is any any glass thrown through windows or <laughs> No, we're fiery people, though. I remember there was another couple at the college, and our two older girls used to say, why can't you be like Marilyn and Danny? Because they were, like, lovey-dovey all the time, all the time. But, I mean, they also grew up with Christian backgrounds and everything, and Mike and I were just trying to slug it out and figure out (laughs) 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 Um, with the Lord how how things were. no, I, I think we're fiery personalities, but once again, he disarms a lot of things with humor. Like, he'll only go so long. He says what he has to say, mm-hmm. and he puts it right out there where I'm more in it. I, I, I could carry things longer, yeah. mm-hmm. but I realize that, that 
I'm not getting anywhere. And he makes me, he forces me into, come on, let's like, what is it? You know, he's a very much a truth sayer. Mm -hmm. I like to avoid it sometimes. <laughs> there, yeah. Yeah. Well, def definitely. If it means giving up our position, right. But there must be an, a bit of an art though to, you know, you've mentioned already like the, the use of humor, you know, there's, there's probably a, a line where it's, it's, like what satire does, it it, right. it 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 gives a different angle, telling the truth. Right. It might even like de-escalate a little bit. Like, come on, like let's let's just right. laugh about this. It's not a big deal. But there might have been times though where it really like minimized something that actually did really matter. And like, what? How have you navigated that? You know, Kevin talks about the the practice of gratitude as a mm. as a mechanism to help deal with kind of letting things go. You've used humor, but is that I feel like I don't know if I would try to get folks tonight who are watching to like, hey, next time your wife's mad at you, just make a joke. <laughs> tell her how cute she <laughs> is. A joke and tell no, her, no. Tell her I she's flirting. Like, I feel like that's setting them up for disaster. Yeah. <laughs> we have been at this a long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I grew up on Monty Python, so it's, it's, and it's colored my whole <laughs> view of reality. Mike's so got the like, coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so usually, if I, I know if I can get her to laugh, though, yeah. like right. if I, if I, I know that we're, we're, we're like heading past the right the danger point if right. I can get her right. to laugh. Right. So you know, so I, yeah. You know, and, you know when to when to pull the trigger on. Yeah, that, yeah. When it's yeah, too too yeah. ripe yet yeah, to. <laughs> And, and, and I do know that I can trust him. Like, I've gone through so many years of um, seeing him just say, giving, giving me the leeway. You, if, if you don't like this, you let me know. Mm. If you need me more here, you let me know. And, um, oh, there's a funny story. We were at a camp in Ontario, had all four kids. Well, I, this is one thing you should never, this is, this is a pro tip, okay? One thing you should never do <laughs> is, like, sell a house, put all your furniture in storage, <laughs> go on the road for, like, the whole the summer with your whole family, oh. and, then, and then arrive back at your job in the fall with nowhere no to live. Oh, <laughs> man. No place to just, like, let... <laughs> right. We left so. our house the end of April, and we never found another place to live until almost the end of September. We, we spent some time with, with uh, six of us in a hotel room. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Which Mike proceeded to tell the children, who else owns a pool, kids? Yes. <laughs> There's a hot two tub. Bed, two rooms. <laughs> we were living in two rooms, two adjoining rooms. And I but anyway, you were, you were going to tell, like, putting <gasps> me up against the wall. Like, yes. This is a good, this is yes. conflict. Okay. It was conflict resolution. So, was, Silver Lake Camp. Yeah. He was in playing in the woods, and I could, and. It was and youth camp. It was I youth play, camp, part and of they job. were playing capture the flag or capture the camp speaker. <laughs> and I heard them all say, here he is, here he is, here's Mike in the woods. And I thought, Mike in the woods, Mike in the woods, I'm going <laughs> to kill Mike in the woods right now. I've just bathed my third child. <laughs> And my mother died. I have no mother. I can't call my mother. I I have no host because we sold my house. I I don't even know where I'm at. What I can't state am I in? <laughs> so I packed all the suitcases, and he just happened to pop by the cabin. All the suitcases are all lined up, and the kids are. I'm getting ready to put them all in the the van, and I'm going somewhere. I don't know where, but I'm leaving him there. And he walked in, and he he goes. Oh, oh, we, where are you going? And I said, I'm leaving. And he goes, you are? And I said, I am. And then I turned around and I grabbed him by the sweatshirt and I put him up against the wall and I said, if you ever do this to me again, I literally will kill you. <laughs> and he goes, babe, what do we need to do? <laughs> and I'm like, Wait a minute, he should be mad at me. I just like that was the water bucket. right up against the wall. That, what's that? That was, that was the water was bucket. The water See, bucket. I would have yeah. taken the gas. <laughs> yeah. I would have said, I'm here doing the Lord's work. Leave. You would have just And this isn't helping. Yeah. No, I, no, he literally, I, he literally said to me, What do you need of me right now? Wow. I'll go tell the camp that mm -hmm. I need to leave. My wife needs me. Well, what was I going to do uh, now? It was like, uh, oh, shucks, couldn't you well just... Well played. But the moral of the story is that some, some people may be more connected to homes than you are. 
Yeah, so don't. Like, it's just use a little bit. I don't think I would do that today. I think I have more wisdom today. <laughs> but. Wow. So last, last sort of part of this, like he, he does talk a lot about, they talked about a lot of forgiving one another and then even going beyond that and seeking restoration. Mm-hmm. And, and that's even harder than saying, I'm choosing to not be offended. It's actually stepping in and working towards, towards healing. You know, what for you guys, I guess, are keys to live in that space of being not just someone who can forgive and live in that place, whether it's in your marriage or whether it's in your lives, you know, how do you, how do you practice forgiveness, like letting go of offense and then even going farther than that and offering grace and restoration? What's, what's the key for you? I mean, Jesus. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I just uh, did a Lisa Turkis study, How to Forgive What You Can't Forgive. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, that is one incredible study. And uh, she's got great wisdom. And she talks about pre-forgiveness. We have to live in, in, in an attitude of forgiveness at all times mm-hmm. before an offense e- ever happens. We have to decide mm-hmm. in our lives that unforgiveness is not an option for me mm-hmm. and I thought that is so true it isn't an option if I'm going to live right with God I, and 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 I need to be able to forgive so no matter if it's somebody else or if it's my husband then I need to be able to forgive yeah. it's not an option and so you know with my will I decide and I ask the Lord to let the feelings come, mm-hmm. and um, and that's the process, right? Yeah, so much, so much. Of what we do is driven by feelings, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and and feelings, feelings are real, and you you can't just like deny them, but they but they make very poor leaders. Yes, mm-hmm. and so so uh, like whatever you the the trouble with making something optional is then it does then you choose it as an option. Right. So I think that is, uh, there's just certain non-negotiables, like as as a Christian, and, and forgiveness would be one of them, like I cannot mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. And on, living in unforgiveness is not an option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no matter, I like I have to work at it. If, if, if I'm holding something against somebody, I just have to figure out a way, like yeah. God yeah. help me to get there. Because yeah. it's, because unforgiveness, like it, it literally is more destructive to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Than to anybody else, yeah. and so so it's it's like uh, it's it's the same kind of thing as like why you know why don't you do drugs? Well, because I know that they're destructive. It's destructive, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's not an option. Yeah, and uh, we have to look at some of those things like uh, you know unforgiveness in the same mm-hmm. in the same way. I think in different different like that's not a, a real struggle for me. If uh, if anything, like just because of the way I grew up, I think uh, like. If I have a struggle, it's with pride. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, it's it's more with like always thinking I'm right. Right. Always having you know like that would be that's something I have to work out a lot harder than mm-hmm. than forgiveness. But everybody has their different yeah their different <laughs> issues. Right? Yeah, with how they're wired. Yeah, I do think our uh, our like our feelings. You make such a good point. It's like gravitationally pulled towards wanting to hold on to bitterness. You know, your feelings will lead you in that direction, but it's kind of, you know, unforgiveness and bitterness is, is similar to social media. No one ever <laughs> uses it and then feels like that was a great investment, yeah. you know, or I'm so glad that I held on to my bitterness yeah. for 10 days yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like it's always after the fact, you're like, yeah, ah, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, cancer and bitterness spread, right? Yeah. You let mm-hmm. them go. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so just even thinking about it in those terms, if you if you substitute cancer in for something else, yep. it's kind of like you know, do I really want to like? Yeah. Do I really want to hold on to this? Because yeah, it, so it's going to grow. Really, you it's 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 an objective decision, really, and mm. it's it's actually trying to make that objective decision, like you said, before yeah. the subjective feelings kind of to try to dictate your response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I love what you said that. You make the choice to forgive, and then that you pray the feelings will follow. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that's big. Because if you wait to feel forgiveness, it might take a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just you know, in, in almost every area, like if you if you're running on feelings, it's going to be 
you're going to have a a bumpy ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and yep. I, like I find with almost everything that if I if I decide to do the right thing and then I make myself do it. Like the feelings will come after. You're right, mm -hmm. but they're not. It's uh, true. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the, but the, I don't start with the feelings. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't wake up in the morning feeling like serving God. Mm -hmm. Like I wake up feeling like watching Netflix or doing something. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and, but but if I do serve God, I'm always glad at the end of the day. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I always have those feelings at the end of the day. Right, mm -hmm. and. Uh, yeah. That, and, and if I just followed my feelings, I wouldn't. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't take me to good places, right? Health, health always seems to come after what's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. like the, the hard thing, and then health follows yeah. it, and the kingdom follows, you know, yeah. that intentionality. And, which well, is, and that's one of the key differences, I think, between God and what God and Satan try to do. And I was like, Satan makes everything easy up front. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you pay the price as you go. Like, it, yes. the price gets more and more costly. That's right. Mm -hmm. God makes stuff hard up front. And it gets more. But, but, it, but it gets, the better. blessings come. It gets better and better yeah. as it goes. And you do see, I mean, you talk about the, the world, the culture that we live in today. It very much is like, how, what is, the, what is the, the least responsibility that I can personally take? What is the easiest thing for me? And I think taking that into, the mar into a marriage, some of the, you know, just follow your heart and I got to stay true to myself and I'm going to speak my truth to you right now. I right. mean, that is recipe mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. disaster yeah. in your marriage. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it all like again those Christian cliches, but it really comes down to like selfishness, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the the two greatest cures for selfishness are marriage and children. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think those are God's tools yeah. to yeah. root the selfishness out of us, right? Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're yeah. right. Well, guys, any uh, any final advice you'd give to to the listeners today? What if you could kind of send them out with with any kind of You've given a ton of gold, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, but any any final thoughts other than get yourself get yourself a mentor and a praying wife? <laughs> mm -hmm. I would say, um, yeah, I, I would say that the, like the key to love is just always putting the other person first, mm -hmm. and you know, and if you've got if you've got that straight, like all of the all of the other stuff is gonna eventually take care of itself. Yeah, like it, and it's. You know, and when we put when we put ourselves first, that derails things and and takes us in bad directions. And if we always, if we can always just consciously like be thinking like I I, what is the best thing for this other person? Like, mm -hmm. How can I how can I put their yeah. their needs first? Then then all of the you know all of the specific kind of things that can go wrong are gonna. Are going to be taken care of because you've got the you've got the core issue yeah. settled. The hard thing. Yeah, the hard thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there and there's nothing that the Lord cannot fix in our lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I've personally experienced that. We've experienced it as a couple. Um, we've just been so privileged. Mm. You know, so privileged to have God in our lives and people uh, lead us to Christ at an early age. Um, yeah. And it's just been the most magnificent life yeah really has mm -hmm. you know i just i i am an advocate for jesus and he you know i i know so many people that um they've got some they've got some issues in their marriage and different things and i just i just want to encourage you there's nothing the lord cannot so fix. Nice. there is yeah. nothing yeah just hold tight to him mm -hmm. You know, pray, come together, and trust God. Trust that He can change things, and He will. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You guys have seen God's grace invade, mm -hmm. invade your lives, and because of that, it's invaded countless other mm -hmm. people's lives too. And it's it's just it's cool to see. I wonder, actually, Colleen, would you would you pray for the the marriages here that God's mm -hmm. specifically just that like let's just agree with. God's heart for them, like that the Lord is, you know, I think of Jesus saying, I stand at the door and knock. There are doors that he's actually trying to access in their lives and in their marriages to actually bring healing and health and hope and joy and integrity and all the stuff that we can't manufacture. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love it if you'd, you'd pray, yeah, for, pray for everybody tonight before we end off. Well, Lord, this has been an awesome time just sitting here chatting together and just lifting your name and we give you all the glory and we know that, Lord, it is because of you that we have these 
marriages that are awesome. They're not easy, but they sure are good. Mm. And we just invite you into each and every couple that are watching and that will watch this podcast. We just ask, Lord, that you would work miracles mm. in their lives, yeah. that they would see as they submit their hearts to you, mm -hmm. that, Lord, you will answer their prayers Lord. and that you will make a way sometimes where there seems to be no way Lord that you are a powerful God and there is nothing that you cannot change that you cannot reconcile yeah. so we pray for these marriages Lord make them stronger mm -hmm. and more committed than ever mm -hmm. and we thank you God for each and every person that has watched and been involved in this couples therapy and we ask that your blessing would continue Yes. on them and their families, Lord, and that you would move them forward into might, mighty and greater things in the days to come. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, how good was that? We just loved talking to Mike and Colleen. We just felt so blessed by that time together, and I hope you did too. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. Before you leave, do me a favor, leave a review, leave a kind message, share this for someone and help us get the word out to as many people as possible. We'll see you next time.